Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Man, I'm glad you're here. We have been off for a couple weeks, and so uh, my family and I, we, we, we do take a break. And can I tell you that problems never take a break? Y'all know that, right? Problems never take a break. Church never takes a break. Um, what we're doing here never takes a break. But we take a break. <laughs> and, and, and so we, we're, going to do, we, we, we're going to do that for our family. And so um, uh, I am excited. Uh, we are back and we are ready to roll. And uh, God is doing good things. Um, I, I just want to let you know, as we are, we are growing, we are growing. I mean, it's vacation season, and everybody's in and out, and everybody's playing phone tag with everybody. But the, the truth of the matter is, we believe that God is doing something. And that location, I believe that anytime God gives you territory, it's spiritual. Anytime God gives you territory, it's spiritual. And so as you see that building change, my listen, go down Olive, take a left, three, four-tenths of a mile. Every time you see work happening there, you go, God, keep working on me. When you see that building transform, you're, you're saying, God, come on, keep transforming me. Because God gives us physical representations of what he's doing. Does that make sense? And so I just want you guys to know that as we are moving, so, so just so you know, um, on Friday, we did close, and, and we were able to send $710,000 to, come on, that, that's a lot of money. And so I know you're thinking, woo, we did it. We know we're doing it. <laughs> just to let y'all know, uh, we, we, we got a building, come on, we got, we got some uh, uh, moves that we're going to be making and some renovation, and y'all be praying, we're working on permits and getting stuff done really really quick but but uh, we there is still more that we want to do and so uh, we have about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars that we're going to raise um, over the next and I, I know you're thinking now not, not, not right now not right now uh, but in the next six months now you want to stroke a check I'll take it I mean in Jesus name um, but but uh, we just really over the next six months um, we think that you guys you're gonna want chairs I mean, we can do lawn, we can do lawn chairs. I'm down. Some of y'all have really nice ones, uh, but I, I just really I'm a kind of against lazy boys in the sanctuary, and so I know some of y'all are a little extra, and so um, but so there are things that we're gonna need. The FF and E is things that w we are needing, and so um, every month we're going to be sowing where we want to go. And we're asking you to do that. Also, I do want to say that typically we send out statements once a year. But for those that are regular givers and recurring givers, we are going to start sending you out quarterly reports on where we're at and what we're doing. Our finance team has already been working on some, some things that we're going to do as we grow we want to have more transparency. And so these are things that we're working on. You'll get your first one in July. And so we're just letting you know what's coming in, where we're at, where we're going. Uh, because um, we know that we're running this with integrity. We want you to know that we're running this with integrity. Come on. Y'all give the Lord a hand clap for that.
Can I tell you that God gave us a direction this year? In 2021, I take a couple of weeks and I begin to just pray, seek the Lord. and Okay, what do you have for us in our body? And, and here's the thing is God began to speak to me that this is going to be a year of exceedingly and abundantly. And already, we've already seen that happen. And I just want you to know for that to happen in your own personal life. Like I'm praying that over your business. I'm praying that over your marriage. I'm praying that over your family, over your kids. Like I want you to see that when I begin to take steps towards God, there, the unintended consequence of obedience is blessing. And I want you to see that the closer that I get. doesn't mean I'm not saying that every time you do what he wants, he's going to stroke you a check and everything's going to be great. But I am saying that in the long run, your steps toward the Lord will be abundantly clear that you are following the Lord. Come on. It's imperative that if we are going to be stepping into the exceedingly and abundantly, we have to begin to fuel our faith. We have to fuel our faith. We have to believe that the same God that split the Red Sea, come on, the same God that caused the, the walls of Jericho, it's a story in the Old Testament, to fall down. All they did is walk around. That's all they did is they walked around and yelled. Come on. And they fell. The same God that through Jesus called Peter to step out on the water. And can I just tell you that you will be limited if every choice that you make is governed by only what you see. The world tells us, only believe what you see. But the Bible challenges us to trust God and believe, come on, listen, Him. Every day we are surrounded by lies of the enemy that want to lead us into spiritual darkness. Spiritual darkness. And in John chapter 8, verse 12, I want to read this to you. John chapter 8, verse 12, it should be on the screen. Jesus, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have what? What's it say? But will have the light of, say it, life. The light of life. Can I just talk to you real quick as we begin to unpack this today? I want to tell you what it doesn't say. It doesn't say that the light of life follows those who visit those that casually connect, that those who walk, run, sprint, it does not say that. It says the light of life comes to those who follow. Come on, let me take you back to school. You ever play following the leader, the leader? Like, like follow, you can't play follow the leader if ain't nobody following Following the leader means that someone takes a step and you take a step. But if none of that's happening, come on, listen. And what we've done is we've kind of compartmentalized our faith where we believe light can happen if we touch it. That's not what it says. 
Life can happen if we grew up in it. That's not what it says. Life can happen in our light. The light of life can happen for those who follow. Because it is God's will that as you follow Him, He is leading you out of darkness, the Bible says, into the marvelous light. Come on. For us, no team, no business, no team, no championship team will perform greatly if they don't follow the game plan of the coach. Everybody cannot do their own thing and have synergy, have begin to connect. Come on, even in your own home, everybody can't do their own thing or there will be no peace. Come on. How many of y'all parents, it gets real when you cook dinner. We eat dinner. We clean up dinner. And two hours later, they're hungry. And all of a sudden, they want to pull out everything. And you're like, whoa, we just did the process here. We cooked it. We cleaned it. The kitchen's clean. And now you're like, huh, what do we have in here? What we had was an hour ago. Listen, for us. I believe the greatest days of the church are before us. But with all that is going on in the world, you need to know, you don't have to live under doubt or fear of the future. Listen, we're eating and digesting this, and before we know it, the bride of Christ, the spotless lamb, the one that is the light to the world, we are full of double-mindedness. Oh, is it going to end? Is it not going to end? What are we going to do? Where are we going to go? What's going on with the future? Is America even going to be here? Well, you know, in the end times, America's not even here. We all need to move to Israel. I mean, like, like everybody's like, we don't even know what's happening. And if we're not careful... This doubt for the future, we will adopt double-mindedness and we will embrace darkness and not even know it. Come on. What I want to let you know today is that we can change these intense feelings of heaviness and trade them for the light of life. Maybe you're in the middle of a tough decision right now. Something that maybe nobody knows about. And you, you put on a smile, but internally there is heaviness, there is darkness, and you feel alone, overwhelmed. My hope today for you is that the light of God would shine to every dark place. Only time will tell the stories of the decisions that we make. You... That, that's why judgment is so, uh, it, it's so funny because you really don't know what's going on inside of people. You only judge what you assume. But for us, here's what I want to say. As a church body, darkness is not something that we want to allow in our mind, in our body, and in our spirit. The only time I like it when it's dark is when I'm sleeping. I'm just going to say, can I say that? Listen, and how many of you, like I'm, I'm, I am this type of person. Like when I'm sleeping, it has to be totally dark. I'm talking about like every light has to be off. Everything has to be off. Even we have this Google clock. And I'm like, hey, Google, uh, shut down display. Like it can't have any light. So last night, I don't know what, my wife's phone went off at like 12. Don't text my wife at 12.30. I'm just <laughs> 
she's not answering, neither are we. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just saying. Like, and so the, I'm sleeping, and all of a sudden her light, and I'm like, what? And I, come on, how many of y'all are light sleepers? You, it has to be totally dark. You don't know if you are? Okay, come on. Listen, there are some of you that you have God's gift. I don't know. You just can sleep anywhere. Like, it doesn't matter if it's light or dark. You're like, I can sleep standing. Like, in fact, I'm, I'm tired right now. <laughs> like, like, you just have that awesome ability. But now, um, man, any type of light wakes me up. Dark moments aren't fun. Nobody's like, we're throwing a party and it's going to be totally dark. It's going to be awesome. No, nobody does that. The, the darkness is not something that everyone, listen, has fun in. Uh, when our children were younger and we were in Hot Springs, that we were uh, in the living room and all of a sudden, just real quick, a storm came up, knocked out the power. Uh, and we weren't, listen, we were not survivor ready. I'm just going to tell you that. We did not know where the matches were. Uh, come on, how many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Like we, we, none, of the, none of the flashlights worked. We didn't even know where they were. <laughs> and, you know, it's kind of in that moment you're like, we need to organize this. <laughs> and so we're trying to figure out how to, you know, navigate that the kids are waking up. And they're like, turn on the light. And we're like, okay. <laughs> Let me just go out to the power station. <laughs> like I, I had to explain to them, we, you know, we can't turn on the lights. And they're like, did we pay the bill? And I'm like, when have we ever not paid? Like, what are you talking about? And then, and, and so we're, I'm explaining to them that it's out somewhere else. Someone hit a pole. We didn't have the power to turn back on the light. And you may be here today thinking, I don't have the power to turn on the light. You know, in darkness, you feel isolated you feel alone, and you are consumed with the thoughts of what if. What if? Come on, the thoughts of woulda, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Oh, if I'd invested in that years ago, if I'd have done that years ago, if I'd have, come on, we, we all, if we're not careful, we can be overwhelmed with a tidal wave and find us in a dark place. My assignment today is let there be light. Let there be light. Come on, we're going back to the beginning. Genesis chapter 1. Get your Bible, get your phone. Genesis chapter 1. And let's talk about this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be, come on, say it. All right, we're going to do it again because we're waking up. Come on. And, and God said, let there be light. Come on, that's what I'm talking about. All right. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. As we begin to read this, it's no coincidence that the first time the universe hears God speaking, it was let there be light. Come on, th now think about this. All the things that God have, could have said. Not let there be hope. Let there be love. Come on, let, let there be peace. Obviously, he wasn't a Beatles fan. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, let there be joy. He could have said a bunch of things. But the first thing he said was, let there be 
light. Can I tell you that when God begins to do something, he will always start with light. He will always turn on the light. He will all, and, and even in our own lives, revelation starts when the light, come on, turns on. All of creation started with let there be light. He didn't want us to live in darkness. The first thing that we all do when we walk into a dark room is we turn on the light. Now, I know you're thinking, because some of y'all are analytical, and you're like, I don't always. I got you. You're the people who stub your pinky. Let's just be real. Let's go on and throw this out. How many of you have tried to navigate a dark room thinking you knew the room? I don't need that light on. I'm saving on my electricity bill. I'm just going to navigate. I only need one thing. And you walk through the room and someone put something where you did not expect it. And guess what? It's never the big toe that gets hurt. It's always the pinky. It's the little guy. It's the one that's happy to be on the foot. You know what I'm saying? It's not the one that can take a few licks and keep on going. It's the little one. Come on. You stubbed your pinky. You're moving around in your own house. You are in pain. You finally make it back to the, it sounds pretty personal, doesn't it? You finally make it back to the couch, and you're thinking, who did that to me? Who left that out? That's not where the rainbow goes. Come on. That's not where the vacuum goes. That's not where the whatever. And then you think, I should have turned on the. The enemy loves to work in darkness. He wants to hide traps that hinder and hurt your progress. And we cannot deny, listen, that we live in, in, in dark times. Darkened by sin, blatant immorality, moral relativism, and deep spiritual apathy. And we, even as the body of Christ, have to be on guard that we could be deceived and be heading toward darkness and not even know it. Well, pastor, I don't know if I believe that. Okay, great. Israel did it time and time again. Israel is a type and shadow for our walk with God. God will never leave us. God will never abandon us. But there are times and seasons in our own life where we feel like we can rest on an experience with God. But God said to follow me. In other words, it is an active, current, continual journey. It's not an experience. It's not an experience with uh, YWAM or, or FCA or whatever happened in your college group. All of that was awesome. And maybe that was a moment for the light to turn on. But after the light turned on, we have to follow, come on, what God asked us to do. Darkness. You even think about it. When God was trying to move Pharaoh's heart through Moses, do we know, do, I, I, I just, you probably already know this, but actu- darkness was actually the ninth plague. Like, you don't think that that's like, don't hurt me with darkness. 
I mean, I, he, I would have I let the people go over the frogs. I'm going to tell you, like, when, whenever you turned all the water to blood, I'd been like, yeah, take them. You know what I'm saying? We really like sweet tea in our house, and we can't have that now. So we're good. But the ninth plague, the one before, the next plague was I'm going to take life. The ninth one was darkness. Look, look at this. Look at this. Exodus chapter 10, 21 through 23. And the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand toward heaven. That there may be darkness over the land and a darkness to be felt. Come on. I have been in moments when we got when I got into that wreck a couple of years ago head on. And I was there was a moment when I was in my room and my both legs were broken. My arm was broken. I was trying to figure out what was going to go on with the church. And I had about two days where the, the darkness, you could, you could cut it. It was tangible. And I don't know if you've been in a place where, where it felt so heavy on you that you, you could feel it. Come on. Stretch out your hand toward heaven that there may dark, be darkness in the land of Egypt. A darkness to be felt. And so Moses stretched out his hand toward heaven and there was pitch darkness in the land of Israel for three days. Egypt for three days. And they did not see one another nor did they rise from their place because they wanted to protect their pinky. You know what I'm saying? For three days. But all the people of Israel had light where they lived. Come on, you can live in the light or you can be stuck and stranded and not moving in the dark. God doesn't want us to live totally chaotic, totally empty of His Spirit, totally in a dark place. God turned on the light and when He did, listen, He showed everyone, I am sovereign and I am superior to it all. Can I just tell you, the Egyptian God, Ra, could not turn back on the light. Jehovah God turned it on. And I believe that he can do the same thing, come on, in your life. God wants us to see his glory. You know what? You know why God created light for the very first, the first thing out of it? Let there be light. Because he wanted everyone to see what he's about to do. But the enemy will say, turn off the light because I want everything in secret. Because I want to attack you and I want to hurt you. And I don't want anybody to know because I want them to believe that this will work when it won't. Come on. I remember there was a time as a teenager where I wanted to hide my sin. I wanted to hide my motives. And, 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 and honestly, I, I wanted to hide the results of what I did. And I would hide those in darkness. And I just, I'm so grateful to the Lord at 20 years old. And, and, and I started going to church when I was about seven or eight. And I love the church. I love the people of the church. You know, I love the men of the church. I wanted to serve the church. And I had good moments, spiritual moments at the church where I grew up. But something happened when I was 20 in a communion service. And the light turned on. And it was no longer that I loved to attend church. But I wanted to follow Jesus who the church was built on. 
Come on, and there is, a, there, there is a difference between these two. Now, when my wife picks up my phone, I don't ask her, what are you doing? I don't have a code on my phone. 779-3221, star, 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 pound, 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 if you can't remember it. My kids can get on every device that I have. And you know what? There was a time when they couldn't. There was a time when we first were dating that I was scared who was going to call. Come on. And now, because when the light goes on and you begin to follow the Lord, He will lead you out of darkness, come on, into this light. And it will change your life. John chapter 3 verse 21 says, But whosoever does what is true, does what is true, comes into the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. For me, at 20, something clicked and it went past loving church and it went into, I want to give my life to the Lord and I want to follow him. And, and the truth is, that decision happened at 20, but, but, but I, there's been 200 more decisions in the last 30 years. Okay? And so for you here, when did the light turn on for you? When did the light turn on for you that made you now evaluate while there are good things in the world, nothing in the world can help me? Nothing in the world, come on, can heal me. My prayer for you today is that if you are far from God, that His loving light would be a beacon that you've really been searching for. I want to give you a couple thoughts about this. See, the answer to the darkness is His Word. Come on, come on. The answer to His Word is, the answer to the darkness is God's Word at His Word, darkness, what does it do? It scatters. At his word, not at our thinking, not at our degrees, not at our business plan. Come on, y'all need to help me. Come on, not, not at the fact that I have a great Instagram account. What makes darkness scatter? It is the word of God. And I want to encourage you to jump back into your Bible. The number one thing that is hurting the church in our culture is not church hurt. I want to come for people. We have moved into this place in our society where we want to tear down every institution that God has set in order to help us. We want to tear down the family. And so if we didn't have perfect parents, then we judge them. And then we want to tear down a church. Well, if we didn't have a perfect family, we're not going to have a perfect church. And you know why we don't have a perfect church? It's because we all here. Come on. In the last month, somebody in this place had road rage. And you the church. You think Jesus would drive like that? No, but I am him. I'm learning to be him. And right now, I need some help. 
Come on. The biggest issue hurting the church isn't the fact that there's church hurt. It is the absence of biblical understanding. People want to claim a God and be in a relationship with God and hold people accountable to their relationship with God in a church setting, but they don't read their Bible. And so darkness is coming in because they have no idea what we're supposed to be standing for, what we're supposed to be standing with, who we're supposed to be loving, and how we're supposed to be loved. And so we're kind of figuring it out. But God gave us his word so we wouldn't have to figure it out because we're followers. We're not finders. Well, I just need to find my truth. Made up. Well, I just need to find what is true for me. As a, as a, in the world, absolutely. And if you're here and this is the first time in church, I'm so glad that you came and you keep finding yourself. But, but for us believers, we don't find ourselves, we follow Him. Okay? We're not finding, we're following. Come on, help. That's when y'all go, that's good. I'm gonna help y'all. We have forfeited the Holy Spirit revelation to our own fleshly interpretation. So what that means is we look at the Bible and go, what does that say to me? God didn't write it so that it would say something to you. He wrote it so that you would come in line with what he said. Y'all need to help me. Well, I just, I just, I love that. I think I'm going to tattoo that to my thigh. It really spoke to me. Okay, but, but what does it mean? The thing that you're actually tattooing to your thigh, which I'm fine with that, actually means something a whole lot deeper. And it is our job, if we seek wisdom, to find out what he says about it. Because he wrote it so that we would do it. Come on, y'all got to help me. And so the church is confused on a lot of things. And now everything is political. Everything. It's going to get to the place where the air condition is political. You Republicans want it on 75. You're so conservative, you make everybody sweat. While us liberals, we come come listen, we want it cold. Everything. Everything. Come on, listen to what I'm saying. It's truth. It's truth. And now we're arguing over things that are dark. And we don't know as the church where to stand because we have friends in darkness that we love and we want to support them. But if you want to support them, you will walk in the light and love them with compassion. Come on, does that make sense? But you won't change the truth that you stand on. Y'all got to help me. The number one thing that young adults want out of their church is they want to divide they want someone to divide the truth correctly because they've been fed so much we have grown up and read half verses based on what denomination we grew up in if I was in the Methodist denomination I know a couple grace scripture verses. If I was in the Baptist denomination, I know the Roman road. If I was in a, come on, if I was in a charismatic church, I know the give me verses. And 
We all have fragmented faith, but not full context. Come on, for us, we've got to make sure that we don't settle for quick quotes, but we don't have a full concept of who God was in the Old Testament and why it shifted to the New Testament and what God wants to do in the New Testament that actually helps us, but he also wants us to live holy and and, it builds upon each other. But if we a la carte the things of God, you will think that you're following, but you're not following, you're rewriting Come on, let's allow the light of God to shine forth and get his word in our hearts. At some points, we as Christians have to ask ourselves, do we like where we're headed? Do do we like it? And I'm going to come for some people, not for you personally, but we've been all, I'm going to, listen, get your toes ready because I'm coming for all of us. We are in a society where everyone is on the defensive. Everyone, everyone is offended and and defensive about everything. Our children are growing up defensive. They have to defend their own biological sexuality. They have to go to school and, what do you think about the rainbow? Well, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? I just wanted to come here and learn math. Well, there is no right way to learn math. It's all subjective. Oh, no. (laughs) And we wonder why depression is at an all-time high. Come on. We have a culture that applauds a man in a dress as the sign of courage. And I did not know that you could buy courage for $29.95. While at the same time, teachers, medical professionals, people who work in the military, people who have actually lost someone so that we could have freedom, that is no longer worthy of respect. Because the only thing that we respect is what is on the edge. Come on. Can we just talk about this? We've now seen the fruit of 40 years of sitting in front of a TV. It has produced something. Now, I'm not talking about the men in this church. I'm not talking about, just let me say what I'm going to say. You know what I'm saying? I I love it. I hope you come back if you don't school. All right. But nationally, men are weak. Women are tired. Marriage is outdated. The rainbow, which is a promise by God. To never flood and judge the world again in that way. Now mocks God as a test. It communicates the tagline is pride. And we don't know what we think about it. Pride is what removed the enemy from heaven. Pride is what God can't allow in his presence. Now listen to what I'm saying. Because there are even people in our own families that we love. And my goal for you is not for you to go out and have a 25-inch finger and tell everybody where they're going to hell. That's not it. I have a balance. And we are going to speak truth in love. What that means is, We are going to love anybody who's broken and we want them to find Jesus because if they find Jesus, they'll find transformation. Come on. 
My goal is not to change people. But I am equipped with a pastoral mantle to teach us because we are now navigating a culture that is confusing. And the church can't be confused. Come on. Perversion sexually is at an all-time high. Ten years ago, it was one show, Sopranos, then it moved to Game of Thrones. Now when you look on TV, everything is in a TV and everything is Game of Thrones. Superheroes going to take off their clothes. Everybody's going to take off their clothes. The whole show is about taking off your clothes. Statistically, kids that are, boys that are eight, statistically have already seen everything there is. And we can't be okay with that. Because in a culture that's trying to stop abuse, promote women, come on, to promote masculinity, we cannot promote the wrong thing. Come on, y'all got to help me now. We are darkened by division and strife and lies and intolerance and greed and hatred. Now, we got to make sure that... The church doesn't care more about justice than Jesus. Because every person that I am doing relationship with that is a different color and a different background, listen to what I'm saying. We are not connected because of a concept. We are connected because of Jesus. And Jesus healed my life. And he saved my life. And I don't have any. Come on. It is Jesus that did that. As people, we promote rebellion to authority. In fact, we applaud it. And can I tell you, we cannot applaud rebellion from a distance and it not come and affect our home. Hear what I'm saying? There will always be right and wrong and there will be people in positions that do wrong things and those people should be held accountable every single time. But here's what I'm saying. If we head down the culture where there is no authority, then it will come visit you in your home. Come on. When your kids get a little bit older, your daughter... The guy she's going to marry, he ain't asking you for her hand. He doesn't need to. He doesn't care who you are. I'm going to marry her. I'm going to do it with you or without you. We're in a culture that doesn't care about authority. So ultimately, you can come to the wedding if you want to. We have the money to take care of it, and we don't really need you. Come on. We have to make sure that we don't applaud something from a distance that we think will not affect our homes. Racism brings darkness. Changing sexual orientation brings darkness. Abuse brings darkness. Abortion brings darkness. Casual divorce brings darkness. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Being in debt brings darkness. Porn brings darkness. Gossip brings darkness. 
I got a lot of amens on those. I got one more for you. Gluttony brings darkness. Come on, you know you're hungry. But be full when you're full. Because sometimes we're not running to weed, but we're running to seconds. See, God wants us to follow Him. Come on, help me. Promoting selfish pride brings darkness. And I need to tell you today that you may have stumbled into the darkness, but God has the light to bring you out. Come on. He said, let there be light. Let there be light. We can have the light of God come on in our life. And it doesn't mean that we're coming to attack people. It doesn't mean that we're rallying and picketing. and that We love people. We want to help people. God knew that we would always need a light. From the beginning, God has been giving us gracious gifts that we did not deserve. And the light is a gracious gift because God doesn't want us to choose darkness. Darkness wears many faces. And you can think of darkness in three ways. Physical darkness, which is the absence of light. Our bodies need light. We need light, come on, to see. Our eyes work based on light. Isn't it incredible that God gave us the sun that stands in its place, that never loses energy? Come on. Listen. That it is rejuvenative. And it stands in there. And we call it the sun. Do you think that that was just like a marketing campaign? It's not spelled the same. I know. <laughs> At night, there is a mo- In other words, God has set a light no matter what happens in our life. Mental darkness. The absence of understanding. Where confusion and ignorance are in control. Come on. Have you ever worked to communicate something and they weren't getting it? Then all of a sudden, the light came on and they're like, oh, I get it. Come on. I'm going to be honest. I like to tell jokes, but I'm a one joker. In other words, I'm going to tell one joke. And, and if you missed it, I'm not repeating it. Come on. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? That's the worst feeling in the world to tell a joke, get three laughs. Someone walk in and go, what happened? No, I'm sorry. It, 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 it passed. We want people to get it. God wants you to get it mentally. Spiritual darkness is the absence of God's presence in our life. Where faith and trust in God have been removed for trust of self. Come on. In our own lives, when we feel like there's formless, when we feel formless and void and, we're, and we feel like darkness is starting to cover us, Genesis 1, chapter 1 through 4 gives us hope. God has the power to add life to you. He has the power to add light to your life. No matter what's going on, no matter what addiction you're in, no matter what decision you've made, Jesus is that light and God wants us to walk in the light. The light is a powerful picture of what God wants to do in our hearts. 
First Peter chapter 2, 9 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people set for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellences of him who called you out of darkness into that marvelous light. I got one more thought for you. Van, you can go ahead and come up. The goal for the church is not to be liked. Like, like, like. I know it's like, first service was like, what? <laughs> the goal for the church is not to be liked. It's to be the light. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm going around trying to make everybody mad. That doesn't mean that I'm the guy posting on Facebook all the tacky things. Okay? Come on, I need to say that. Because some of you are like, finally, yes. Okay, but you, you, I can already tell you too happy about this. You need some grace. Because people are not perfect. And we cannot, come on, we're going to love people through it. Broken people are coming and we're going to help them. And we're going to move slow. And we're not, we're not going to judge people. But on the same token, the church is not about marketing money and multi-sites. It's about bringing people into an authentic relationship with Jesus. And then bringing Jesus to other people. Come on. The message, there are tensions if you're going to step into the gospel. There's tensions. And I want to be very, very clear. I don't ever want to be misleading. The tension is that there is both compassion and it is combative. We should be able to walk in compassion. Everyone should not be clean and, before they come in. There is a place for brokenness. There's a place for addiction. There's a place for people who have made bad decisions and been surrounded by darkness and we love them. The Bible says love covers a multitude of sin. We have to have compassion. But then also, come on, listen. As soon as there's compassion, there's also what we're saying is combative because we're not going where the world's going. We don't agree that, you know what, it, it does matter how a boy or girl were born. And we can't go there with culture even if there is a sad story. We want to give compassion to that story. Listen to what I'm saying. I don't ever want someone running to me going, Pastor, oh, someone is here with blue hair. Sit them right by me. I don't care. You hear what I'm saying? Like, that's not who we are. But I am in balance of having to teach and love. The Bible is clear and controversial. You go ahead and say, in this culture, in the middle of the Me Too movement, God chose the man to lead his home. Now, we had years that people understood that as dominant, and that was not right. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, I lead our home, but Katie is all the time uh, helping me with the GPS of where we're going. Okay? But it takes a lot of explanation, and it takes a lot of time. That's why it's not wise for you to post, because what you need is a conversation. You hear what I'm saying? Like it's going to take you to break that down because everybody already thinks they know what you mean when you say it.
come on. It helps. This gospel helps. My life, come on, I was adopted from a foster home. My parents got divorced. I didn't know how to be a man. And it was people in the church that helped me. And I'm just telling you, 100%, we would have been divorced. We would not have made it. But the gospel, the light turned on. There were teachers. We submitted ourselves and we began to learn. Come on. And we're not perfect and we're not a perfect marriage and we're not a perfect parent. But the truth of the matter is the gospel and the light turning on has helped our life. But it's also heavy. Because there's a lot of people when you start your family that will tell you how you're supposed to do your family. And it's heavy. Yeah, I'm sorry. We're going to kind of go this way. Hey, you know what? We're going to do this. And and it's all in love. And you're going to have to allow the Holy Spirit to help you navigate the heaviness. Because He can. Listen, the goal of the church is to stand on truth and walk in love. The goal of the church isn't activism. It's to be spiritually awake. Our culture issues is because people fell asleep spiritually. And it is our job as the church to say, come on, I see you. You're valuable to me. We love you. You're not too broken. Our arms are open wide. We ain't scared to get our hands dirty. We're not scared to come on, get up in the mud. Listen, God will clean us both off. But that's what we're going to do. Here's the thing. When light is found, it's powerful. When life is shared, it's powerful. And when light is working, it's powerful. And here's the deal. I believe it is the best time in the world for the church because people are looking for a hope because they're tired of the darkness. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you feel free to let us know on the contact us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.